Welcome, everyone. Again, this is David Wernch. This is the Authentic Dad Podcast. Thank you very, very much for listening. This conversation was so, so fun. Jeremy Stein and I reconnected after many years. He was a friend of mine from college, and he has a excellent, excellent podcast called Main Street Magic. So if you are a Disney person planning a Disney vacation, you got to check it out. Him and his wife are a fabulous team. And they give you great information, reviews. Um, they dissect the hotels, the restaurants, the whole thing in amazing detail, insightful, entertaining. I highly recommend it. I like listening to it. And I'm not a Disney person. Although he did do an excellent job of convincing me to uh, to kind of lay off Disney. I'm a little curmudgeon when it comes to Disney. I think he did a good job. I am converted he makes some really good arguments. Uh, we also reminisce about college and uh, fatherhood and music. And like I said, it was very, very fun. Thank you very much, Jeremy Stein, the man, the legend, the myth. Reach out to me, F-U-R-T-H-U-R dot coach, further dot coach. We always appreciate subscribes, likes, five-star reviews. Hope everyone is staying well. If you want to stay in touch with me, have feedback, know a guest, want to be a guest, fill out the contact page. Also, I do the free 30-minute consult conversation for those interested in coaching, and I'll see you on the other side. All right, it's Legends Day here at the Authentic Dad Podcast. I'm with my good friend, an old friend, Mr. Jeremy Stein. If you don't mind, I'll read your bio. He wrote a beautiful bio. Jeremy grew up in a small town of Damascus, Maryland, and he fell in love with art, music, and movies. And like most grunge music fans of the 90s, he formed a garage band in 95. He spent the next day, next decade playing in clubs and bars and different groups throughout DC and Baltimore and finding a new love in photography, didn't know that, and working with bands on graphic design in the early stages of social media. And then 2005, he moved to Florida after a fateful 2002 introduction to Rhonda, which, um, oddly, because of the band Creed, which I, I know you're a fan. Um, they got married. They started a family. In 2015, he left the corporate world to form a marketing company, focusing on basketball and eventually professional speaking and podcasting. He lives in Florida. He loves Disney World. And in 2017, after abundance of questions from their family and friends about Disney, Jeremy and Rhonda decided to launch Main Street Magic Podcast and they host it along with their two children, their two girls. They visit Disney World uh, every month for, uh, for the last five years and continue to hit the park, stay at the resorts on a regular basis. And they bring the latest content, news and reviews. And um, he's hosted and produces over a thousand podcast episodes. He's been a part of over three million downloads to date. He sat down with the likes of Mark Cuban, ESPN analyst Jay Billis. And uh, you can learn more at MainStreamMagic.com. My man, hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. This is so cool because I don't think we've probably chatted or seen each other in at least 15, 16 years. Well, I've been following you on social media, and I'm yep. sure likewise. And I was very, very excited. I will have to say you're still, after all these years, I'm the only person with the last name Stein. Not a joke. <laughs> yes. I still, I still yes. haven't met any Steins that aren't. I just thought I'd bring that up. Yeah. Well, I'll never forget in uh, elementary school, I don't know how old I was. And the teacher came up and she was like, you know, Jeremy, would it be okay if we had Santa ice cream bars like at lunch today? And it was like during <laughs> December. And I was like, 
of course that's okay. I love Santa. Like, that's my guy. Why I would love that? Christmas. And it was the first time I went home and told that to my parents. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, my grandfather was, was Jewish. Um, but it, that's kind of where it ended. And so, yeah, but it was just like I never – I hadn't known that. And so all of a sudden I'm asking my parents, like, why did they ask if it was – they only asked me, you know? Didn't ask anybody it was else. was like, so. Jeremy, there's something we have to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been the moment to do it, though. Like, man, I wanted that Santa ice cream bar. I'm going to hear all about Disney, but you had something in this bio about Creed. Which, yes. Um, that's my first memory of you. You, yeah. were, you lived across the hall from me at college, and I remember it was the late 90s, and you're like, look, I love this band. I can't stop listening to this band. They're a new band over and over and over, and you were obsessed with them, and you'd see them every time they came into town, and they were a very small band at the time, Yeah, and it, and it was Creed. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was, they came out in 1997, which was the year I graduated high school. And I just remember hearing them on the radio. Again, this was back, you know, where you heard them on the radio and you had to just hope that at the end of the song, because I caught it in the middle, that the DJ would again say who it was. Because otherwise you had no idea. You know, there, we didn't have Shazam and Spotify. And uh, so I remember writing the name down and then um, just going to see them for the first time in 1997 and, and just fell in love with this band and, and everything about them and uh, brought that love, of course, uh, to college with me. And yeah, I mean, I ended up seeing them. I, I would travel all over the Northeast anytime they were around. So I ended up seeing them over 20 times yeah. um, over a couple year period there. Well, you probably saw them in little smaller venues, right? Before yeah, I mean, first place was 930 Club. I saw them in 930 Club in November of 1997. Uh, mm -hmm. DC 101 used to hold concerts for new bands that were a dollar and one cent. And so the yeah. first time I saw them was a dollar and a penny at 930 Club. Um, and that was the first year or two I'd see in like Bo Hager's uh, in, mm -hmm. in Baltimore, uh, Fells Point, I think it was a couple times at 930 Club until they started getting a little bigger. Saw them in some little place in New Jersey. Um, but yeah, what, what would be so crazy is, it, is that dedication and love to that band. Uh, again, back then you had online bulletin boards that were usually created by fans so that yeah, they could talk know. about bands. And so I was in the Creed bulletin board where I met um, Brittany. Uh, and her fiance at the time, Brian, kind of online. Uh, and they actually came to visit me one time when I was living in Baltimore. You know, I mean, literally, this was when everyone told you, don't meet people in person that you met online. And I was like, eh, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> and uh, a couple years later, actually, in, in 2002, I was visiting my parents for Christmas who retired to Surfside Beach, South Carolina. Uh, Brittany, and then this was her husband at the time, were about six hours away in Jacksonville, Florida. And she was like, why don't you come down? you know, for a night, we'll hang out. And she invited her childhood best friend, Rhonda, along. Um, and yeah, that's yeah. where Rhonda and I met, which ultimately never would have happened if it weren't for the band Creed. So I just kind of loved to like... And I didn't know that connection. I knew there was, yeah. and of course, I knew you like Creed. I did not know it led to your wife, who is a wonderful host, co-host of the podcast. Thank you, thank you. I, I do have to reminisce of one, one more nugget. One more yes. nugget. Yes. Because you had, a, you know what I'm about to say. You had a line when we were in college <laughs> that has become something I still use today. It's one of, one of, the, <laughs> one of the classics, my friend. Um, I, I don't know if you remember the details, but, but, I, but I felt a little jaded by, by a female I was dating. And I was upset. And I was sad. And she had given me, you know, um, before we broken up, you know, a, a token of her love, let's say, in the form of a brassiere, a bra. And after we broke up, I was so upset and sad. And I had this and, and me and another friend of ours, we went out 
outside in like the middle of the night and, and sort of burned it in effigy. Yes. And I, yes. Picked it and I came back and I was so excited. Jeremy, because I felt better, I think, about the whole thing. Yeah. It was sort of cleansing. I said, and I told you all about it. And you just silence. And you just looked me right in the eye and you said, David, what's it like to have issues? <laughs> I don't know why. I was like, one, this, I still use this line, by the way. That's outstanding. And my, and my family still uses it. On, what's it like to have issues? That's amazing. I remember that. Vividly. I was very excited about the burning the bra and you were like, yeah. what's wrong with this person? Yeah, <laughs> that is too funny. I do remember that. And, and uh, you know, I don't remember most of the semester that I did go to, to Towson because uh, my <laughs> career there was very short lived uh, based on my actions and, and efforts and, and enjoying the college life uh, well, a bit too much. Um, it was but, a very memorable, however long you were there, I, it was wonderful to live across the hall from you and I'm, I'm so glad we can connect on this forum um so bring me so you meet so you go you move to florida you meet Rhonda. two kids how old are your kids now uh they're 10 and 13 two girls yeah okay and fun fun ages because you started as like an it guy right yeah yeah i did so i actually um i got it i mean that's what happened literally is that uh growing up i had i had enjoyed uh like art and it was just one kind of like we were like GeoCities came out and you could yep. build your own website. Mm -hmm. And so we had a band and I was like, well, I'll build a, a website through GeoCities for our band. And I started getting into those types of things and just computers in general. You know, we bought a computer. I was the guy that learned how to, you know, download from Napster and burn CDs for my friends and all. Yeah. And um, went to uh, college for art. I did a year in community college, uh, then went to Towson. And there were two things my dad said on the drive to Towson. One, uh, was a bit, you know, about, hey, just be careful with the college girls. And B, if you fail one class, um, we're, we're pulling you out because my parents were paying for me. Yeah. Uh, I was very lucky that they were able to actually, you know, pay for education. Um, so I did B. I decided to fail most of my courses. Um, I, I definitely got there and just, you know, partied, had a good time. It's, only, it's what I regret is, you know, wasting my parents' money. But I do believe that if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be where I am today. It would have led me to everything else because I immediately got out and my dad was a school teacher. Well, my mom was too, but for Montgomery County school system. And he was like, well, then you're going to work. And he got me a job in their computer department. Um, this was going to start coming up on Y2K. And so about two years prior, we had to replace all the computers in all the schools and that's what I did for a job at 18 years old. This, make, this makes me feel so old. <laughs> like, I know, it really does. And these were the old... Uh, and, these were, and, well, and after were we were hanging out, Y2K. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, these were the IMAX, those big, giant, yeah. original IMAX. And um, so, yeah, so, I mean, I got into IT, and I actually, when I moved to Florida, uh, I was working IT for a credit union. And, but I still really enjoyed, like, marketing and design and, and stuff yeah. like that, and I was doing it for my brother. And so an opportunity came up uh, to move in a, as a marketing assistant with the same company I was at. And I interviewed for it and got it. And then that would kind of shift everything I had been doing from IT to kind of marketing, design, uh, social media, and things like that. So, uh, but there's no way any of that could have happened if I think, you know, I, I hadn't, everything else led me up to that point. I think failing out of college is what you knew led me to this. Yeah. It was a gift. I mean, look, to, I be, to be fair, it's not for everybody. And no, that's okay. Yeah. It, yeah. It was definitely not for me. And I'm, you know, <laughs> beautiful family and beautiful life. And I'm, I'm so glad it worked out. And what, excuse me, what part of Florida are you? I, uh, St. Augustine. So we're just South of Jacksonville. 
how far? How long does it take to get to the parks? The Disney parks. About two uh, two hours door to door. Oh, okay, so I didn't very, realize very you close. were. Okay, it's a little bit of a schlep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's for me. It's almost the perfect uh, distance to the parks because we're we're not so close that we just go all the time, but we're far enough away where we'll go and stay the night. You know, we we don't do a lot of just day trips there and back because the kids hate it. But we'll we'll go and stay for the weekend, and we go at least once a month. Um, and we've been every single month for five years straight, which is kind of like a streak that I won't let die. Every single month for five years. That's, yeah. Does Disney give you some kind of Nothing. podcast pass? <laughs> like, I mean, look, no. we'll, we're going to get into all that. Nothing, huh? You just pull. pull. No, there, you know, there, there's, some, uh, there's some sites out there. And, and really the podcast realm, I think, is still pretty new in a Disney sense. But there's a lot of. Um, blog sites and vlogger sites out there that, you know, I mean, they're around the half a million to a million follower mark uh, that Disney will give them media invites and often mm. host them, they call it, and put them up for stays. Um, might be something we're at one day, but we have built a lot of wonderful relationships with, you know, the cast members and employees of Disney. And um, we are known by some folks around there. So that part's pretty cool. I mean, I would absolutely encourage people to listen and what we're going to talk about i was listening to episode 1,452 today (laughs) there's so many of them and you were so and you were and it's look if you're planning a vacation or want to go down there i think today the latest episode you were talking about um this particular hotel and you were you know saying this is one of the value ones and getting in really really important like if i'm going to stay at a hotel i want to know hey does this pool have a water slide yeah. Hey, can I? And it, you were getting into all that, and I was like, "Wow, how did you become the Disney Guru podcaster guy? Like, bring how did that start?" I mean, part of it is is going nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I tend when when I really get into something, it, it's it's probably my greatest strength and my greatest fault because right. if I'm going to do something, I want to be 100. Like now, a lot of times that that stops <laughs> me from doing things because I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to give that 100%, so I don't even want to mess with it. So when we became pass holders, uh, we had, you know, we had been, uh, the girls first went both when they were 18 months old, and Florida runs some great resident rates where it used to be you could pretty much uh, get three days for the price of two. You could use them over the course of six months for the parks. And so we'd go down about twice a year, and uh, we really enjoyed it. And then finally in December of 2015, we're like, all right, let's just take the plunge and be pass holders. And the first thing in my mind was like, well, then we're going to get our money's worth. You know, I mean, it's not it's not cheap to be pass holders. Um, and of course, we're going to do like the highest level pass holder because that's just the way we kind of operate. Jeremy Stein. Yeah. And you when you go deep, you go deep and you don't. I do. I do. So so that's what started it. And then when we were going often enough, it was actually uh, family friends down the street. Um, we would come back and we were the, all of a sudden the people that everybody would turn to and say, hey, I'm planning a vacation. I'm planning on going yeah. to Disney. I had already produced podcasts for my brother, you know, mm-hmm. for five years prior. I knew how to do it. I never really hosted one, but I'm like, I can pull that off. Yeah. Um, let's put it out there. Best thing that comes out of it is we help people plan their vacations. You know, we're already talking about it. Let's record it. And that's kind of what we did. And once I started that, I was like, I want to go every month. I want to go all the time. I want to experience things. Um, we have our favorite restaurants we don't eat at them every time we go. If there's a new, if there's still a restaurant we haven't tried. Uh, we also do not talk or report on anything that we haven't personally experienced. Uh, we're not going to talk about a hotel in depth 
off of stuff we read on Google that we haven't actually stayed in a room at night and experienced, oh, wow. you know, even down to what that mattress is like or, or whatever. It's very important to have the detail. Yeah. So you don't, you don't go and kind of mosey around and look at the pool. You're, you're actually staying in the places that you're reviewing, which yeah. I did not realize. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's so really cool. uh, we have stayed in all but two um, Disney resorts. I mean, there's well over, you know, 20 plus, um, and so we, we will make our way around. We've there's probably, that, eaten, geez, I didn't there's that a, Disney world is on property. There's 20. Yeah. Wow. 20 plus. Um, and, but, but that's really, really important to us because our number one goal that we never want to lose sight of is all right, just, you know, you're planning a, a Disney trip and you're going to spend money. If we can give you insight that maybe you don't know that will either help you save money, maximize time, or just have a better trip. That's what we want to do. And nothing is better than a family that comes back and they might just say, even if it's as simple as, oh, man, I'm so glad you recommended that restaurant. We went there and we absolutely loved it. Or yeah, thanks so much for this tip because it actually saved us money. Um, like we'd rather, we'd rather use our money to, to tell you not to waste yours because we know it might be your once a year trip or once in a lifetime trip. Um, the fact that we get to go every three weeks, we know how lucky we are and we don't, you know, we don't want to take that for granted, but not everybody's as, as lucky and blessed as we are to go all the time. So we want to make sure your trip is the absolute best it can be. And I've, I've read and I've seen some of the reviews and people are really grateful. And they are, they are. I mean, there's a lot of kind of cool communities and subcultures. This is obviously one of them. Yeah. And let's go, like, what is it about? I know there are a lot of Disney fans out there. It's not like a novel thing. <laughs> I, you know, I don't want to piss off any of the Disney people, but the magic I see is how your money disappears. Yeah. Change my mind. What is it about the Disney experience that, and your family shares this, right? They love it. Yes. Yes, they do. Can, what, what, what is it for you? Um, you know, I mean, for me, it really is, uh, it puts us into, it is magical. I mean, it does put us into another world. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not big on traveling, to be honest. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's not really my thing. I'm, I, I get uh, very anxious about thinking of going to a place that I don't know. And again, I'm the type that's going to research uh. all about it. And I've never felt that way at Disney. Even in way, you know, it, it, it's a very safe space. It's a very family-friendly space. Uh, during the reopening, as COVID is still surging through, mm -hmm. you know, our country and the world, I feel more safe at Disney half the time than I do at my local grocery store. Um, and for us, it's just memories and stuff. You know, I can go back and, and just think of all these moments and they happen to occur on Disney property. Um, yeah. We also, we, we like, you know, I, I love going just say to the beach for a week and hanging out and, and cooking and going to local restaurants. But I mean, you can go to Disney and kind of for us have all cultures and all nations and all, you know, walks of life and people all in one area. And you can go there and you can do nothing but ride rides nonstop until you just want to fall over. Or you can sit by the pool and relax all day with the drink in your hand mm -hmm. and then go have a, you know, fine dining experience that night overlooking like Cinderella castle. So I think it just offers everything for us and we see the value in what they're offering for the money that we're giving them, which is a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I have to tell you, that was so well said. And well, thank you. <laughs> it warms my heart to hear that. I mean, I probably at this point, you have 
you know, all the guys at the gift shop. And that's like, I think you're talking about this. That's your friend. And yeah. you have your favorite gift shop. And what, um, give me some highlights. Like, what are your fake? I know there's a lot. What can you just give me, you know, here's some of my favorite restaurants and yeah, for, that nature. for sure. You know, and, and those are the questions that we get a lot and we'll recommend to people is, um, on a, on a moderate level, which is their mid level for resorts. If you're looking for the best spot, we absolutely love Coronado Springs resort. Um, it's got kind of that, that, that Mexico Spanish, uh, feel to it. Uh, they built a brand new luxury 16 floor tower, uh, which is unlike anything they've ever done really on property, especially at a moderate, uh, we've been fortunate to become friends with a lot of the cast members that work there. Uh, their restaurants on site are unbelievable. How um, old is, how old is that one? Uh, so let's say, so Coronado was originally built, oh gosh, I want to say around 90, uh, early nineties. And then this brand new tower that they put in as an addition, uh, only opened up just about two years ago. Um, but you know, the, one of the things that <clears throat> truly sets Disney apart is their cast members. Yeah. And, um, we also became recently universal studios, uh, pass holders and, and they have team members there. And they're wonderful as well. But when you look at the interaction, you know, think of your, think of your Chick-fil-A's, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, have almost, you're never going to get bad service at a Chick-fil-A. You know what to expect. You know, when you say thank you, they're going to say my pleasure. You know, their restaurants are going to be clean and they're going to be well ran. You know, kind of the type of employees that they tend to go through their HR, that they're going to hire, uh, how they train them, how they build a culture. Disney's that same way with a theme park if i vacation anywhere else for the most part in the world there isn't always that standard and the way that there is that standard at disney to me is what truly sets them apart from all other type of family vacation destinations yeah i mean when i went to it's been a few years but i've been you know magic the last time i was in magic kingdom i was like wow yeah it's, it's not clean it's meticulous yes and Whatever you want to say about Disney, they know what they're doing. Yeah, it's gorgeous and everything's so well planned. And I and, did, and I have heard they've done a great job during COVID. Yeah. So yeah, they they've done amazing. But everything too, and it's so interesting because we went a couple of years ago with my brother and his kids. And, and my brother is by no means a Disney fan. He came to Disney because our whole family was going. My parents, my family, and then he and his his three kids. Um, and that's why he went. You know, he went to see them enjoy it but as a business person and entrepreneur himself you know not only does he did he enjoy it on his own merit but also watching his kids I, mean, I remember him coming back and we did I had him on an episode and it was basically just discussing what a well-oiled machine Disney is and everything mm -hmm. that they do you know down to the way that they interact with you down to the way that they're able to build a park knowing how you'll navigate the park to the best of your ability um, the way that they'll sometimes fluctuate wait times for either satisfaction guarantee because you wait less than what you thought you were going to wait, or you see that the wait's too high and you go to another side of the park that has a shorter wait time. Um, just down to every detail they do, it's such a well-oiled machine that, you know, they're, they're, yeah, there's no stone left unturned for them to provide the greatest experience that they possibly can. And once a month for five years, does it is, is does it ever get old or is it sort of deepening your appreciation like this is my place i owe you know yes <laughs> it does it get old <laughs> it, it 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 does in some ways um the girls uh you know uh, it, it's so funny because they're like i mean literally there are times they're like are we going to disney this weekend and we're like yeah and they're like oh 
<laughs> like they right. just can't even believe we got to go back to the most magical place Those on poor earth. Poor kids. They're they're just. Oh, I feel so bad for them. I'm waiting for child services any moment. Um, which I totally get. You know, it's not their choice, but it can get tiresome in a sense that we are uh, working. And I said, you know, I do air quotes working mm-hmm. because it probably doesn't seem like work to a lot of people, and it often doesn't feel like work, but. We're constantly in the parks gathering information, data. Um, we actually have a private uh, paid subscription group that we live stream from the parks to oh, wow. um, and that they can get access through for a small monthly fee. Um, and so it can get old. And there have been times uh, that we've been in the park and just kind of thought, man, this is, you know, I kind of just want to go home. Yeah. But then yeah. we come back the next month and I don't know, just something happens. And it's like, nope, we still love it. We love everything about this. And this may be a weird question, but when you stay and you're, quote, air quote, working, because when I listen to you on your podcast, it's like you have this encyclopedic knowledge. Are you, do you have a notebook? Are you type? Like, how are you getting, are you typing all the information or how yeah. are you? Um, a, a lot, a lot is, is, is uh, memory in a sense. Um, mm-hmm. I have a really weird brain when it comes to remembering things. Like the fact that, yes, I can easily remember you <laughs> burning a, a bra and coming back and talking to me about it yeah. like it happened yesterday. But then there's other just details. I, I, I pick up small details very well and I remember mm-hmm. them very, very well. Uh, one of the things we do is I take a lot of photos because it is the easiest way to quickly jog my memory and reference something back. Um, whether it's pictures of food, whether it's picture of, you know, a resort room. And then when we come back from the trip, we'll set up the notes because normally what's happening is we might go on a trip from a Friday to a Sunday mm-hmm. that Tuesday and Friday's episodes are going to be about that trip we just went on. So things are still usually very fresh uh, in my mind. And then I'll jot down bullet points and notes that will guide our conversation as we record. I think that's what struck me the most is how meticulous it's not like you're just like, this is a great hotel order the steak. It was like, let me tell you about the pool. Yeah. You can watch your kids at this pool from this angle, but it doesn't have a water slide. So yeah. that's important to you. And, and you're doing this twice a week? Yes, twice that, a week. That's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah, I mean, most episodes are run about an hour. Um, I'll do as far as production, which will include research, notes, uh, editing. Editing doesn't take a lot um, because we've, we've, been, we've gotten to a point that pretty much what you hear is, is what we recorded. It's not often that we have to cut anything. Uh, posting it, creating some stuff for social media. You might spend another hour. So, you know, it could be two to three hours per episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a side hustle. You know, this is kind of yeah. a, a side business. So it definitely eats up a lot of time, but we I love wanna, it. I want to talk about side hustles, okay. um, but I want to, um, do you ever run out of material? I mean, I know Disney's, there's 20 properties, Jillian restaurants, but do you ever like, what are we going to talk about? Uh, yeah, I get really worried about that sometimes. And I can tell, I keep a master running schedule and, mm-hmm. Um, we were, we were at one episode a week during really the lockdowns and the pandemic. And then January 1st, we went back to two and I was like, I hope we don't regret this. But what we have found is, uh, we're starting to interview people. Uh, so we will interview either other Disney podcasters. Yeah. Uh, we interviewed a reporter. Um, Carly Wiesel was a fascinating episode with her. Um, we'll, we'll interview different people in the Disney space. So that adds, um, we added universal content, which has helped a lot. So I haven't looked this up, but are, are there just like how many other Disney podcasters, a whole like hundreds or yeah, there, yeah, there's gotta be, 
hundreds. That's remarkable. Um, so I mean, it's it, it's hard it to makes stand sense, out. but yeah. the fact yeah. that you are great at what you do, I, I really you have, the, you have the good voice, you have the kind, and there's hundreds of them, and you've been involved in three million downloads, and it's still hard to stand out is remarkable to me. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, and, and you and I were, were chatting a bit before, you know, we really started this episode. One of the greatest things about podcasts mm-hmm. is that anybody can really do one. You know, you can start a podcast with a $10 mic. Quality is really essential, um, yeah. you know, but content, of course, is as well. But even if your content is the best, if, you're, if your quality is just garbage, because yeah. you don't at least invest in a $10 USB mic or something, you know, a lot of times you won't get listened to. It is hard to um, get through the noise. I, I think, you know, all my experience in the past and doing podcasts for my brother, I certainly learned a lot from that. Um, but the details that I hope set us apart, like, you know, these are the resorts with, you know, the best pools and, and there's a slide at this one, but not at this one. And yeah, you can sit at the bar and watch your 13 year old who's only you know, 50 feet away, away in the pool, you know, I think hopefully is what sets us apart. And we, I get really analytical on a lot of them too. Um, and we're not afraid to reference, you know, other sites that are pulling data and all. Uh, and that I helps think a lot. Those are actually the details for people who are detail oriented yeah. um, that actually make or break a vacation. They'll oh, say, well, sure. the pool didn't have a water slide. And, and yeah. it sounds you know, like not a big deal, but I think it's a really big deal if you're going to Disney World once in ever or yeah. 10 years or something like that. It can make or break the vacation. Yeah. Well, and what I, what I find so crazy, and, and it, it may be like 50-50, now that I haven't technically studied, but there are a lot of people that drive, drop $3,000 mm-hmm. on a Disney vacation and don't do any research. You know, they get there and, and fast passes currently aren't active due to COVID, but you know, they get there and they're like, what's a fast pass? Mm-hmm. Oh, I was supposed to make a dining reservation. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as you would love probably for Disney to be, hey, let's show up, ride rides, eat food, and just have a good time. It takes meticulous planning. Um, I mean, number one, I would say get a travel agent. They're free to use. Disney pays them. And number two, uh, listen to our podcast. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of, <laughs> I guess that's where there's a whole industry around um, like the, tra- the Disney travel yeah. agent. Yeah. Um, industrial complex. Huh. Yeah. And they're wonderful. They're wonderful. I mean, it literally costs you nothing as a consumer mm-hmm. for them to handle basically everything for you. And they can help plan an itinerary. They can book your room, get you the best rates. They can, you know, help plan your dining or get those reservations. Um, and then Disney pays them. You know, you don't pay them. Disney does once you complete your vacation. So highly, highly recommend a travel agent. Um, was I going to say was yes, back to you know, podcasting side hustle. I've said this many times on, by the way, I hope this doesn't ruin your reputation being on this, <laughs> on this one, but um, you and I, you know, for a US, you're in Florida, I'm in Maryland, and I've, I see this all the time. And it's, it's fascinating. We record this, it costs very little money, and put it out into the world, and anyone can listen to it, and, and anyone with a mic can have their, their own voice heard, which makes makes it hard to stand out but also uh, i love the people can express themselves in this way i love doing this so yeah if if you and your wife are the only one that listens to this it's totally worth it yeah and i, I hope more people but it's because it's so fun of course yeah it, it is you know i think you're right in that and, and um it is you know if you want to just let things out there and talk about things why not record them you know mm-hmm. and um yeah art now because 
of my background in podcasting and some knowledge, we did start Main Street Magic in the thought of, could this potentially be something that has revenue or that we can monetize? Um, it, it's never going to take over the fact that we want to help people on their vacation, save money, make their trip better. That's always goal number one. But if number two, we can do that, we'll do that. It's not the reason to start a podcast in general, yes. you know, and, and I think that's the biggest problem. I agree with you. Even if nobody listened to our podcast, we would still be doing this because we mm -hmm. love talking Disney. Um, I, I like the process. I like going in and editing it and putting in the intro and outro music. And um, th there's sometimes it, just because I've just done this for so much, like it gives me joy. Uh, we might have a guest on and we are through Zoom and all of a sudden their internet connection starts to blip. And I have to go through and try and piece together where it sounds like one full sentence was spoken yep. without that interruption. And when I can do that, it makes me feel good and makes me happy, even if it doesn't matter to anybody else. And I think it's very, podcasting is very therapeutic yeah. and it's at such an easy starting point as a pair compared to, if you said you want to start a YouTube channel, mm -hmm. that's tough. That is a lot of work. Nobody wants to see me easy. on, nobody wants yeah. to see <laughs> <laughs> That's why we don't do YouTube. I, I don't, I don't either, do man. <laughs> you, um. Because you, I mean, you were talking about earlier that you, you have this sort of technical savviness and you have this artistic part and it must really satisfy, it's very creative, it must satisfy that part of your brain. I'm trying to remember the name, what was the name of your band? It's driving me crazy. Cause I, so I'm trying, let's say when I, well, what I would have, like in those know, years, showed up with you would have been um, Three Shades of Grey and then uh, I formed with um, my buddy Phil because uh, we continue to live in the mm. Towson area and we had mile 69 mile 69 Mile 69 is the one that you landed the biggest gig. Oh, was that your biggest gig? Record theater. Oh yeah. To play at the record theater. Did was I land that dream gig? Come true. You landed that with, um, black eyed Susan, the no. band, um, Mosh, Mosh band. Oh, the Moshop band. Yes. Yes. Oh, right. You, you were, you were, I can't remember exactly what your role was, but I know they were looking Hillel, maybe. for, yeah, I think so. And, and they were looking for an opening band okay. and you texted me and you're like, dude, don't you like, aren't you still like in a band? And I was like, yeah. And it was honestly, it was just Phil and I playing acoustic at open mics at that I point. I remember, I wouldn't have remembered. I think I may have actually, I'll have to look a mile 69 sticker on my guitar yes. case. Yeah. And, um, that was you man. Like seriously. And that was one of the best nights of my entire life was playing at record theater well guess what you'll like this you know the record theater for those not from the area record theater was this really wonderful concert venue in towson maryland and, and they had national acts it was small it was i mean you could walk down the street and see john schofield and i saw the string cheese incident before oh I wow yeah um like ziggy marley and all of these bands they closed and became like a restaurant and they're reopening i saw that they, yeah. I just drove by there and it looks really, it, they're back. That's awesome. So I'm, cool. I'm, um, I well, Facebook friends, but I'd like to say yeah. we're friends, friends. Cause every time, sometimes we will communicate, um, with Dave Teeth, uh, who's lead singing, lead singer of the laughing colors, big oh. Annapolis, Are they you still know, around? DC band. Um, they'll do some, they'll do some shows here and there, but it's mostly him as kind of like a independent artist and stuff. They were um, everywhere in the nineties in Baltimore. Yes, yeah. they were. And they, they, I, I can't remember when the record theater closed, but I know they had their final like official performance mm -hmm. there. And I went and it was unbelievable. Uh, mm -hmm. But I had just seen Dave posting some pictures from uh, oh, there you photos go. from inside a record and all, but that was just such a, such a cool experience. Um, Pat McGee band. Do you remember the Pat McGee yes, band? Yes, I sure do. They sold out. I think they're back, but they sold out that place a bunch of times. Oh then. yeah. 
I saw two skinny J's there, which was probably one of my favorites. Um, Bloodhound Gang opened for Goldfinger there. I went Goldfinger and saw that. Goldfinger played there. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it was crazy. And w- what was great, and I'll have to, I don't know if you've seen it, I'll, otherwise I'll try and have to send you the playlist. Um, a couple of years ago, Phil, unfortunately, passed away. I know. Um, I'm sorry. Very big that. shock. Yeah. But I had the, I had the tape from that show we had our friend stephanie filmed it that night but it uh, that, I the record that, mile 69 show yeah no way and it was this i can't remember what kind of it was it's this weird little like eight millimeter or something tape mm-hmm. and i i never saw it because i didn't have any way to play it mm-hmm. and so i went out on facebook and i started like asking friends and whoever i could is any chance somebody has this old camcorder sitting around and my buddy down the street did and I went quickly and I ordered a, a like USB conversion cable on yeah. Amazon. I plugged it in and I ripped the entire show to my computer, uh, broke it up into individual songs and put it on YouTube, kind of like oh, to remember Phil by. Yeah, Please. I'll have to send it to you. It's, it's, it's funny. <laughs> it's fun. We used, to have a, we used to have a good time playing. I don't feel old, but I don't know about you. We are, <laughs> though. We are. <laughs> like I, my kids are 12 and 9. And um, yeah we don't really need babysitters anymore, but we haven't really gone anywhere anyway. And, but when, when we, you know, back in the old days before the pandemic, when we get babysitters, like they'd be like 20 or 21. Like I'm twice this person's age. And they've That's never insane. heard of like Frank Sinatra, which is right. know, way, uh, like I just shoot the shit with them. Hey, well, like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was great. My 13 uh, year old, uh, she's a very, very unique individual. Um, loves art, loves music. Like, yeah, I see a lot a of very myself artsy family yeah. in her. Yeah. And she came out like a couple of weeks ago and she was like, um, Hey, have you heard of this band green day? <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> really? Like, who are they? Like, I mean, I saw them at the nine 30 club, mm-hmm. like, you know, and it's so, but it was cool. So she listens. Um, we, we share some, some love of some different music. I'm, I'm now like, uh, 21 pilots is kind of my, my modern day creed that I'm kind okay. of obsessed with. Great. Um, so she really likes them. Uh, she really enjoyed it. We both have, she actually loves Eminem. Um, awesome. And, and so, you know, I kind of like, listen, if you're going to listen to Eminem, put your headphones in and just sit in your room and listen to it. You don't need to like sing it out loud. We're not going to play it in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, but NF is like my new favorite hip hop artist. And he has a lot of those same kind of qualities. Just a brilliant, brilliant artist. And she really likes him. So, so it's nice to share. It's those. neat to share those things. It's well, I amazing, do, man. I do that it's with like, movies. My children say, yeah. you, you, you think everything is a classic. Ah, let me guess. It's a classic. It's the other. <laughs> so in 2019, I told my son, I was like, I'm going to take you to Meriwether, and we're going to see the greatest band in the land. Okay, buddy? I'm taking you to see Fish. And I probably, wow. overs, I probably oversold it because we go to the show. Yeah, he liked yeah. it. He's like, it was really cool. They're a great band. And he's like, I don't think it was quite the level that you were we walked around the lot we had a grilled cheese everything smelled like weed um and he had we had fun like but i think he was just like it was cool yeah Mm. it's it didn't lock in yet yeah well and it's 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 strange because at least you know i mean of course i i was in kind of the music scene in a sense not on any great level but we would play all these different small clubs and venues and bars and do open mic nights every week and um so it seemed like it was maybe just much more in my face. I feel like a lot of that has, has gone away. I feel like most everything now are these epic, like, you know, stadium concerts. And mm. those are what get advertised. And they're a hundred dollars a ticket. Like 
Yeah. We first concert I took both the girls to was 21 Pilots, and um, Rhonda and I had already seen him a few times. We were very lucky. We saw him at the House of Blues in Orlando, like oh, wow. right before they really blew up. And um, so they were playing. Uh, let's see, it would have been Jacksonville Arena, uh, like two years ago. Girls are like nine and eleven, um, and we got tickets and, and took them and got pretty good seats and all. And um, I think the tickets were like, you know, sixty-five dollars each. And by the mm-hmm. time you're done, yeah, it's hundreds of dollars. dollars on four tickets. It's like going to Disney World. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one, I will say, if you go back, I'd have to look up the exact episode number. Um, I actually, we did an episode on the cost of a vacation. Mm-hmm. And I took 10 destinations, including Disney, uh, throughout the United States, or 10 events, I'll call them. And so I took things like uh, Disney World. I took going to a concert. This is when they had just announced mm-hmm. the uh, Green Day, Weezer, uh, Fallout Boy tour. Um, I did a baseball game. I, did a I was going to say, game. yeah, a sports game. Yeah. Uh, I did going to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Try to think of the others. Um, going to see Frozen on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And what I did is I went through and I, I, I broke it down where, all right, here was the price of tickets for a family of four. I found a hotel that was nearby and I priced it out on a specific weekend, said, here's that cost. Mm-hmm. I found restaurants <laughs> that were close by and I priced out a meal either before or after your event. And I actually was like, all right, at every one, I'll try a burger. I'll try, you know, chicken for the kids, this and that. So it was very equal. And I put all this data in a spreadsheet. And what I ended up doing was breaking it down to the amount of time you spent at the event mm-hmm. compared to the cost. And we got a per hour cost. So going to Disney World for a day might technically be a 10 hour event. Yeah. Going to see a baseball game might be a four hour event. The concert's was, like 90 minutes. Yeah. Disney was like the second least expensive vacation so, spot so and universal was number 10 so the top ones were going to a football game mm-hmm. going to see you know a broadway going to a concert and my whole point was the fact mm-hmm. that people say you know disney's so expensive and it is but not when you break it down to a value versus cost type thing you know you get you know you you spend i bet we spent a thousand dollars when we took the girls to that concert based on merchandise food tickets mm-hmm. the whole experience we spend a thousand dollars at Disney and it gets you something so much bigger. And that was kind of the point I was trying to drive I, home. And it's our it's second a, most downloaded episode ever, actually. I think it's a point well taken because I made the same joke. And yeah. why do I make that joke versus if I went to a baseball game or a concert, a football mm-hmm. game, why am I not making the same? You, right, you, I think you made a great point there. Yeah. You One know, of the things I'll always catch myself saying, we'll be at Disney and like, I'll go order a beer or something. Mm-hmm. And some places you can get like a 16 ounce Bud Light in those aluminum bottles and it's $8. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, that's a really good price for Disney. And it sounds insane to say, I just paid $8 for a beer. Okay. But that same beer, if I go see the Jaguars, is probably going to be $14 or $15. That high. Wow. I didn't. And it's the same beer. So it's, it's things like that. You know, you go to Disney and you get a burger and it's 13, 14 bucks. But it's not that much difference if you go to a restaurant in New York City, you know, before you go see a Broadway play or you get that, you know, uh, barbecue sandwich or something yes. at a football game. It really kind of have successfully changed my mind because they, it, in that what this was all about, I'll be a little easier. <laughs> I'll loosen up because I am like rather go to New York City and that's like a fortune. Yeah. So why am I? We should call this old dads talk about music <laughs> and how much things cost. Yes. That's like my, that's my whole life now. It's just music and how expensive 
stuff is. That's pretty much all I go on a daily basis. Do you like the War on Drugs? I was thinking about, are they like a dad band? I love the War on Drugs. Do you know them? Never, you don't know them? Never heard of them, oh, but I will write I'll, them down. I'm shocked you don't know them. They're like my, I mean, you know, I like the jam bands. And yeah. But, um, no, I'll check that out. I, I end up, I end up getting, yeah, I, I've ended up getting this into a point where I'll just listen to either one band or I do listen to a lot of podcasts. And I'm um, I, yeah, I've been working that. from home for six years. I mean, even before the pandemic, I was working from home when I kind of left and started my own company. So I got rid of my drive time, which mm-hmm. is when I would consume the most like music or talk radio. Um, so now the only exactly. time that I listen to uh, things normally are I listen to podcasts. I walk every morning. I try, I walk about four to five miles every morning before I start my day. Like it's wow. the only exercise I get. Um, and I listen to podcasts and I have kind of a rotation. Um, if I'm in my office and I'm not actually editing a podcast or videos that I have to listen to, then I'll usually have like Spotify on in the background. Yeah. That's um, what, that's why I love audio, right? Cause you can be cooking dinner. Yeah. You can be driving, you can be walking, but I will say a lot of my friends are saying, I'm not really listening as much cause I'm not in the car. Right. I'm working from home, but yeah. I, I switch off. It depends on the mood. I'll, I listen probably half and half, half podcast, half music. Uh, but it's, it's wonderful. I mean, you, the whole world, right? Is at your fingertips. If there's a book, I don't know if you do this and then we can, if there's a book I want to read, I always search if that author has an interview or two. Oh yeah. Listen to the, and sometimes I'm like, I don't really need to read it. Yeah. Sometimes I will, totally. but sometimes I'm like, I think I got it. Yeah. Or like any, and I don't think Disney is sort of like an esoteric topic, but any other esoteric or like, you know, spiritual practice or whatever in the world, there's a podcast, at least an episode about yes. it. Yeah. And, um, That's yeah, what makes it so I mean, amazing. Starting <laughs> I mean, there's like 600,000 podcasts, I think, in the world right now. So I you thought, can find anything you want to listen to. I don't know if I too, or Apple said it's either 3,000 a week or 3,000 a day new ones that, that are coming <sighs> Um, and of course, you know, they're starting to get corporate and yep. whatever. And, yep. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe we're still in the golden age, man. I, I think so. I think we're still, I mean, I think everybody should have one. I think every business should have one. Mm-hmm. Um, even if all it is, is a marketing tool, you know, even totally. if, even if, if you were a marketing company and you, all you did was record 10 podcast episodes, let's just say it isn't even a long running format and you're looking at a client and you can refer them and say, Hey, listen to this 10 part series on marketing. This is why we're right for you or something. You know, I mean, the same thing with like, you, you know, I mean, this, that's why you have one for your, for your coaching and all of that. Yeah, I mean, if people you have trouble sleeping, they can, they, if you can cue me up. Yep. <laughs> so, no, so I know, no, but it work. I mean, it really does work out. I think podcasting is just so much fun. Uh, we, we, we just love doing it. Like this is the best. And, and heck, so I'm reconnecting with you today, about two weeks ago, I mm-hmm. uh, reconnected with my, my old friend that I used to play music with. Um, he actually played. Uh, at record theater with us, uh, Seth Kalick, uh, he had started a podcast and he was like, Jeremy, why don't you come on? You know, we'll just BS about old times. And it was like the reconnection that's happening even based on podcasts. So it's, cool. so, it's so cool. And I don't know about you, but I'd record every, like when, even I'm talking on the phone without their knowledge, I just, yeah, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> no, but I you, do you think warned it, me before with a disclosure piece. I'm just said, I'm pressing record now. So stop, stop. But, but my brain starts to think internal. That would be this conversation would be a good. Oh, that's a good theme. Oh, this would man, be a good. Do you start like thinking about that? Because I used yeah. to just enjoy podcasts, and now I'm like, like thinking about like, oh, I, how does that guy interview a guest, or how does he answer, ask a question, or how do they produce it, or and, and so now I'm starting to like less of a fan and more of like a trying to learn. Yeah, but it hasn't ruined it for me. But I never used to think about podcast in that way 
Right. No, I, no, I do that totally. Um, we just actually, we have a, a bonus episode coming out tomorrow. We did a bonus episode last week because they don't have to do really with Disney. But there were conversations I wanted to have, and um, I had uh, my 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 best friend. You know him, uh, Mr. Matt Schwartz. Oh, uh, he and his family were just here over Easter with us. Talking about a legend. And um, he was sitting. He's a volunteer firefighter uh, up in New Jersey, real close to Philly. And we got to tag him. We got to tag him for the, on this one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he was sitting and telling me just about you know the process of being a volunteer firefighter, different things that that sh- you know mm-hmm. when he works once a, a week overnight and things he showed up to. And the whole time in the back of my brain, I'm like, I wish I was recording this. Yeah. And, and I would just put it out and say, hey, here's a bonus episode. It has nothing to do with Disney, but this is a fascinating conversation with you know a real life volunteer firefighter who works a full job and has a family. Yeah. This is entertainment. Well, I'll get Matt Schwartz on. Oh, you totally he, should. I yeah. want to hear about all that. Oh, well, he's got I, a lot of smart stuff going on, too. He's much smarter than I am. So, I, I, He's my Facebook friend. I, I don't think he posts very often, but I started to think like think of the same thing. All this doesn't really have to do with dads. I mean, our conversation is kind of, but I was like, forget about the categories. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I think it can offer something for everyone. And, yeah. you know, I mean, that was... That's what I started. Uh, I started a show. Uh, we're only just did episode seven. It's called Across the Pond. Yeah. Um, tell me real quick. Uh, tell me about that. It sounds really cool. So uh, a couple years ago, actually, in uh, uh, this, this wonderful family, uh, Gary and, and uh, his wife, Claire, and their two girls, they were looking at coming to Disney. They live over in Scotland and they were looking to come to Disney. He looked up podcasts. He found ours. Mm-hmm. Um, one day he ended up like finding me on Facebook, messaged me with some questions. I answered. We became friends online. Uh, when they came to Disney, we went and, and hung out with them and stayed all weekend. Just an amazing family over the last year in the pandemic. Uh, he's been like one of my best friends. He's kind of that guy that I can easily just message and be like, dude, yeah, you know, today kind of sucked. Like I'm yeah. in this mental space today and we can chat. So our thought was, well, you know what? If we're having these conversations anyway and we're mm-hmm. doing them through Messenger, let's, let's do it, you know, mm-hmm. in person through Zoom and let's press record. Yeah. So we have a very loose topic every week and it might be, you know, uh, about being a dad. And then we just literally for this one, there's no notes, there's no prep. We turn on the mics and we just start talking and whatever comes out of it, it comes out of it. And if nobody ever listens to it, I can tell you these past seven weeks have been therapeutic for That's me. Very nice. And that I, I listened once a week. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I was researching. So, right, so and I'm like, so we have one listener. So that part's awesome. I was, I was like, search Jeremy Stein in the podcast app. And there's like 9 million. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the goal. Yeah. Taking over the podcasting world. Just, I guess, one episode at a time, right? <laughs> 3 million downloads. And it's, it's, he's wearing the MSM shirt, Main yep. Street Magic. I'm looking. He's got a. I'm just telling, telling our listeners. He's got this beautiful studio, very professional, and it's cool to see. Um, it, for me, I'm being totally serious. Where you record it, because I, I do listen. I'm always like, eh, I would sort of want to see the visual. Yeah, so, yeah. It's a, it's a fun setup, and I get. To, I'm lucky, you know. I get to do. I, I was working from home five years before all of a sudden the entire world was working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been lucky to 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 have that. I didn't get thrust into that work from home situation um, yeah, like my, many people did. My wife was doing Zoom before the pandemic, before it yeah. was cool. Yeah, ahead of the game. She's old school. Yeah. So like um, legend, yeah. I guess we should end it because people have no attention span. I mean, you know, I, we could talk for three more hours, but <laughs> I know, uh, I know. it's probably about time. That Any final good. words? We'll throw out all of your information. So, 
we know where yeah. to find you. Yeah, I mean, you can you can find the podcast at mainstmagic.com, uh, social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find us at mainstmagic. Mm-hmm. Um, highly recommend you, you check because I do what my real job is, is doing a bunch of work for my brother, mm-hmm. uh, who is a professional speaker and author. Um, which being a, by the way, being a professional speaker on stage has not been the easiest thing in the past year. I bet not. In case you were wondering, but, um, raise your game. Yeah. Yes. Raise your game is the book. You can find him at allensteinjr.com. Um, and you can find everything that he's doing as well as the podcast that I produce, uh, for him over there, which is a, uh, in a sense, there's some seasons that are very heavily produced and we kind of cut in a lot of cool things just to make them a little more interesting to listen to. But, um, yeah, man, I just appreciate you reaching out to me and having me on yeah. uh, and um, awesome catching up and talking to you. Maybe we can do it again with um, your wife, Rhonda, because yeah. I think she's such a great co-host and she adds a lot of color and you guys are really good together um, on, on the Thank show. You. I mean, I'm sure you're good together in real life too. Yeah. But well, it, and, and it works I, really well. Well, and that, that's what I think has, we've been very fortunate is that we do. I mean, we we absolutely love each other, each other to death. We'll be celebrating 15 years being married here in about two weeks. Mazel and, um, by the way, guess where we go to celebrate our anniversary? You'll never, ever guess it. New York City. <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've actually, this will be our, this will be, well, we missed last year because it, it was shut down, but in our 10th year anniversary, we started going to Disney. Gonna hit uh, my the Floridian? parents come and watch the kids. Now we're staying at Old Key West this time. Old Key West. Um, what, where are you yeah. having for dinner? What's for dinner? Uh, so the night of our anniversary, we're going to go to our favorite spot, which is Three Bridges Bar and Grill at Coronado Springs. But that Take Saturday, mm-hmm. it, and this is something you, you knowing me for so long, uh, I think you'll find interesting. That Saturday, we're eating at Cinderella's Royal Table, uh, which is inside the castle. Mm-hmm. But that day is Dapper Day, where everybody gets dressed up like the 1920s, and so I'm. It'll be my first ever, our first ever going. So mm-hmm. we have selected uh, kind of um, uh, um, Princess Ariel and Prince Eric style uh, attire. So we'll be getting all dressed up and dolled up to go to Magic Kingdom and then have a fancy dinner. So it should be You're gonna, pretty and cool. You'll talk about this, I'm sure. Yes, on the podcast. completely. We'll do episodes on that. Yeah. Is the ice cream still a thing? Like the Mickey Mouse ice cream? Is that oh, still yeah. like a very... Yeah. I mean, Mickey bars are still one of the best things you can get there. Now They're you can delicious. They look good. Store. They're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dis- it's funny. Disney is, is, you know, the food at Disney and some of the restaurants at Disney, I think would shock a lot of people because sure, you can get your burgers, you can get your chicken fingers and fries, but there are some... Right. Fine dining across property that I highly recommend. I ate years ago at the, was it the Animal Kingdom? Like the mm-hmm. buffet? Yeah, Tusker House. I think that's what it was. That was good, man. Yeah. It was like every food all around. Oh, yeah. They do, they do a good job. And then we stayed years ago at the Orleans, which I yeah, don't Port think. Orleans. I think it was one of the older, or at least it wasn't. Yep. When we, and it was, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of chicken fingers. And what are yeah. you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> I ate. When you go back, just I got you covered. I'll tell you where to go. I'll tell you what to get. Um, yeah. Well, smart. I'm gonna hit you up Epcot in June. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Hopefully, I can come down and see you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Thank you, David. Jeremy Appreciate Stein, you the man. And there you have it. That was my conversation with Jeremy Stein. I hope you enjoyed it. We are still waiting to hear from Disney. So far, just crickets. Just crickets. I think Disney would fit well in the authentic dad podcast brand so disney if you're listening come on by reach out maybe sponsor an episode or two Uh, i don't think it's gonna happen but anyway i hope everybody's doing well 
Uh, like, subscribe, do your thing. Blah blah blah. I hope you're enjoying spring. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thanks again to my good buddy Jeremy, and talk to you soon.